Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. Excited to be with you as we unpack two game sevens in the NBA playoffs. The U.S. Open. A lot of other NBA news. A few NFL topics. But we're going to have some fun today. It was Father's Day weekend. I hit a golf ball for the first time in a couple of years. I'll fill you in on that. And I am I am thrilled to also welcome on the hero of the Atlanta Hawks win yesterday. That's right, Luke Heaton, Big Red, the star of the Hawks, is with us. Congratulations on that that incredible performance. You carried the Hawks. Where's Luke at? Where where is he? There he is. Wow. <laughs> How how great did you feel about your boy Herder just absolutely dominating yesterday? He gave the redhead so so much. Oh my gosh! I, I, I tell everyone I'm always on my soapbox. You know, redheads are real hit or miss, really <laughs> hit or miss. So we take all of the awesome legendary redheads we can get. So well, he's part of the bloodline. I'm gonna have to give him a shout out on social media, but an incredible representation of my fellow redheads so so proud absolutely so uh we'll, we'll get to, to more of the, the hawks big win over the the sixers and in many ways it was like the sixers loss like what they did in this series to blow this series uh lot lot to discuss there uh we'll do tap drill at the end with henry uh some fun topics we'll bounce around and tap around with him uh we'll also do i'm convinced here in just a moment and we always love hearing from you the community of sports fans, a part of unpacking it. And, and so we want to know what you're convinced of from the sports weekend. What, what did you take away from the U.S. Open? I mean, what a story with John Rahm winning it. I, I, I like Rahm. I like the energy. I like the passion. I like the unique personality. That was, uh, that was a fun win for him. And then, of course, bouncing back from the DQ, the devastation that he felt just a couple of weeks ago to now win it. This is why we love sports. It's tremendous that you can't make these stories up. Hollywood can't write these scripts. I, I flip around over the weekend. We're trying to sit down and watch a movie. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, there's just the, the, the amount of uh, or the lack of great movies out there is disappointing to me because I do love movies. But when you flip on sports, all oh, the storylines are there, baby. They are there. <laughs> game sevens. I mean, both game sevens were epic to get a, an overtime game. Game seven with the, with the Nets and the Bucks. Does it get any better than this? We the movie that we did land on was Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan and Jamie. Oh, Fox. Awesome very, movie. very good, very we, good. It was a long movie, so we haven't finished it yet. But uh, but awesome, awesome movie. Look forward to finishing it. But um, but anyway, the stories from uh from sports, uh, man, it, it it's great. So um, follow us on on all the social media if if you aren't already. We've even added a, a TikTok page with our young interns. We're Come getting on. a little younger. You know, I'm, I'm the old guy here, but no, man, we're getting younger. We got some TikTok. I've never even been on TikTok. I don't even know what it is, but we're there. 
Unpacking It is there, so check us out. Um, I'm all fired up coming off a, a wild weekend. We had our Man Up conference. I still haven't even changed our, our marquee behind us. And you may notice that the studio looks a little uh, different from a lighting standpoint. I left the lights. We, we brought the lights from the studio to Man Up, and now we got to find them and bring them back to the studio. So, you know, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of moving pieces going on. But uh, the Man Up Charlotte conference was fantastic. Thanks to everybody that, that watched online or if you were there in attendance. It was so great to see you. Great to have you. The, the speakers were incredible. Mike Tolbert, Jericho Cotri, Brian Goins, Mitch Mason, and then a ton of forum speakers really brought it, and it was just a special day. God moved in tremendous ways and, and just, uh, just a, a real treat to be a part of, and I'm thankful that it's, it's over because it was a lot of work. A lot of uh, energy went into it, but when it's, it's one of those things where it's not, it's not quite the emotional level of a wedding, but it's actually a lot of work to put on a conference and so once it's over, it's like, whew, all right, we did it. It was great. And now you start thinking, okay, we're going to start preparing for next year. How do we follow up to this one? So, so that was wild. And then get this. So I'm actually leaving tonight on a plane. I'm heading to see Luke in Texas. Come on. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention uh, later this week. Uh, but I'm going to be down there for a few days to be a part of the convention. And uh, I, think, I think, Luke, Luke, you're taking me out for dinner, right? You're going to take me to a special restaurant? We got a special mandate or, or what, what What are we doing? <laughs> well, you'll get to meet the wife for the first time. And then we'll yes. have to define what it means to really take out. We may be uh, each be covering our own meals, but uh, <laughs> we will enjoy some serious fellowship. Absolutely. No, we'll, we'll have a blast and uh, it'll be my treat. So uh, looking forward to that. And, and all right, Luke, let's jump in though. Um, let, let's do what we're convinced of to start. And it's one of the, it's one of these Mondays where there's so much to get to. Where do we begin but, but I want to look at the Milwaukee Bucks because they were able to knock off the Brooklyn Nets with all the superstars. And if you listen to this show, you knew months ago I was not on the Nets bandwagon. I thought the addition of Blake Griffin made them a little bit more interesting. I was getting nervous that, uh-oh, they might make a deep run. But the injuries caught up with them. James Harden's lack of uh, staying in shape affected his hamstring which ultimately affected him in this series. Uh, he played pretty well later in the series, but, uh, but missing a game or two definitely hurt them. But I want to focus on, on the Bucks, And we knew the last couple of years with, with Giannis and Chris Middleton, it was always like, uh, they're a little short. They're a little short. They need something more. And Drew Holiday was so clutch. He was so important. And, and we'll talk about that during the Unpack This segment. But I want to talk about P.J. Tucker because I'm convinced the guys like P.J. Tucker, the guys that come and do all the intangibles, I don't care about the stats. I don't care about his plus minus. I don't care about whatever stat you want to put on important players on a, on a team. It always takes the guy that is willing to do the dirty work, the, the, the guy that brings the toughness. It doesn't, it doesn't always, you can't quantify it, but P.J. Tucker was an addition to this year's team. Now, we knew that, that Giannis and Middleton had a ton of talent. And I think Drew Holiday coming to run the show, to be the point guard that they needed, who, who could hit a big shot in key moments. Even though P.J. Tucker couldn't stop Kevin Durant, because let's face it, nobody can stop Kevin no Durant can. other than his too long of a shoe. That's the only thing that stopped him <laughs> from, uh, from hitting a game-winning three. It was only a two, of course. But, but here's the thing. When I look back at, at NBA champions, I think back to – the important role that Dennis Rodman played 
on the Chicago Bulls teams. I think about Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, the important role that he played on, on the Kobe, uh, Paul Gasol, Lakers teams. I, I think about Andre Iguodala with the Golden State Warriors. And, and these are the types of players that I recognize and identify because, Luke, you may have been the, the, the Kevin Herter of, of uh, <laughs> Texas basketball. Well, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Luke Walton, the Ron Artest, the P.J. Tucker guy where I'm going to show up in the box score, but I'll do the little things because all I want to do is win, man. I'm competitive. I'm, I'm willing to, 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 to rough it up a little bit. I'm willing to dive on the, on the floor for loose balls. And, and so those are the kind of guys that get a team over the hump. Jay Crowder in Phoenix is yeah. that guy. He's yeah. going to be the guy uh, that's going to be the difference maker for, for, for Phoenix. And even a guy like uh, Patrick Beverly with the Clippers. To me, I'm convinced these are the difference makers that, that are required to win a championship. And they must be veterans. They've had to have been around, and they have to do the little things. So that's what I'm convinced of today. P.J. Tucker and the Bucks. Let's go. What are you wow. convinced of, Luke? So I'm going to stay in the NBA. Let me. I'm going to preface my I'm convinced with a tweet I saw. Some guy tweeted that right now the NBA is in a nightmare situation, saying that casual basketball fans have none of the stars to watch. No Steph, no KD, no Luka, no LeBron. And he said this is not good for the league. I think that is a bunch of baloney. Ooh. I think the NBA playoffs, I love when there's parity in the league. The last nine seasons, there haven't been. We know who's making the finals. We know who's making the conference finals. We have a good idea who's going to get to win the conference finals. This year, complete toss-up. It's incredibly exciting. It's amazing. The Western Conference Finals, I have no clue. who. And, and again, this partly due to injuries because – like uh, LeBron's Lakers weren't healthy, the Nets not healthy, but these conference finals are going to be incredible. Hawks and Bucks, it's kind of a toss-up. The Hawks have four or five guys on the floor at all times that can that can create a shot. The Bucks are really good. The Suns, incredible team. Clippers, even without Kawhi, dangerous. These conference finals, I don't care that there's none of the the normal superstars. It's one of the rare years where we have no idea what's going to happen. And to me, that is incredibly exciting because again, the last nine years, it's been okay, yeah, we know it's gonna LeBron. be we, yes, we're gonna we know it's gonna be LeBron the finals. Okay, the Spurs probably gonna get there. And then it became well probably yeah, it's gonna be Cleveland and Golden State. Oh come on. It hasn't been since the twenty eleven Mavericks shout out. Always oh, have to give them a shout out. <laughs> Kinda like your Jake DeLome shout out counter. We gotta get my Mavs twenty eleven shouted in there. Hey. But man, for nine years, yeah, there hasn't been a ton of parity. This year, whole uh, new teams making it. It's incredible. So I love it. And shout out to small market teams. Yeah. Who, even though like, Atlanta, let's let's remember Atlanta's not a small market team. But no, like but they for, get lumped in. They do get lumped in, and just like <laughs> Dallas, Dallas, get, yeah, plenty of people in Atlanta. Let me tell yeah. you, Atlanta, it's Atlanta, not a small market. Dallas, not a small market, but they feel like small markets. So I have, as a Dallas fan, who when it feels every year that Dallas is the smallest market in the United States, for a team like Milwaukee, their fan base, <laughs> that's so cool. happy for them. For Milwaukee fans, small market, for their super, we've talked about this, for their superstar Giannis to stay there instead yes. of teaming up. Yes. How awesome Let's for the Milwaukee honest. Bucks fans. So cool. 
I, I love it. And despite the, to me, the Bucks are still one of the dumbest teams. Like the, some of their decisions down the stretch, like what was Brooke Lopez doing? Oh, so he redeemed tough. himself with the block. He did. But, he, but did. he doesn't even know how much time is on the clock. You come out of a timeout and you don't know you don't know what you're doing with the ball. He wasn't even rushed. It didn't he, even click. He just a casual pass. Let me we'll pass it, it out. It must have never entered his mind that he would get the ball on that play because he was totally unaware. But yeah, uh, as goofy as he is at times, that that block. Oh, oh my goodness, ginormous. That was clutch. So all the different players from Milwaukee, they all contributed in like key ways, especially down the stretch. That truly was a team win led by Giannis. And, and I, I loved it. But here's, here's one of my big takeaways as I look at the final four teams now in the playoffs. And, and I noticed this even at the beginning of the playoffs, how many retread coaches are in charge as, as head coaches. So here's Monty Williams, who you know, didn't quite work in, in New Orleans. Um, and it, it was okay, but it just it, it, he didn't get to this point. Now he's in Phoenix. You look at Ty Lue, who did win in Cleveland, but then they moved on from him. He kind of moved on. Now he's with the Clippers. Uh, Budenholzer, he's going to be taking on his old team. He was he had pretty good success in Atlanta. They moved on from him. He goes to Milwaukee, finally gets him to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, and then Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan has, has had multiple opportunities. Here he is as an assistant coach, takes over as the interim head coach for Lloyd Pierce, and he takes the team yeah. to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's just remarkable to me to to think that in the NBA, the the ways that GMs and owners give up on coaches, yet they give them another chance in other places. It's so interesting to me. Well, it's so interesting because in it's it's a weird dynamic. So in Brooklyn right now, Dan Tony's an assistant. How humbling of an experience to be a longtime head coach, and now he's okay. What do you think, Steve? Steve, how can I help? Like that's that's, right. that's so interesting. Dan, yeah, Dan Tony is asking Steve, "What are we doing?" Because Dan Tony, he's gonna get another head coaching job. Yeah, it, it, certainly. So it, yeah, it's just it is interesting. It's such a, a constant cycle. It's all about finding the right fit. Can can you have buy in from your players here? Some players don't like you here, but it's that's weird. Funny. It's so yeah. interesting. So yeah, now D'Antoni, like you mentioned, he's he's thrown around as as potential replacements for multiple openings around the league. So there's going to be more movement, and, and so how many new guys will get a chance, and how many retreads will we see? Because you look at the Final Four, you got four retreads. You just saw yeah. Doc Rivers go out; he was a retread. Uh, and so we'll talk more about the Sixers in a little bit. But but as you're listening, what are you convinced of? Uh, leave it in the chat. Would love to know uh, your thoughts on the weekend. And and let's check in with Henry. Henry, what are you convinced of today? Good morning. What's going on, boys? Um, what I'm convinced of is the fact that, and we're going to stay in the in the NBA, is that if the Milwaukee Bucks don't win the NBA championship this season, then they're never going to win it. They just took out the the Brooklyn Nets, a team that the, what's supposed to be there with a bad uh, with a with a bad James Harden on one leg, no Kyrie Irving, and KD having to turn into Superman and that not being enough. They don't have to play the Sixers. They get the Hawks. This is the time that Giannis has to put his stamp on the rest of these conference finals and the NBA finals. If they don't get past the Hawks, they're never going to get to the finals. I think it's a great take, and I agree. I I agree agree. agree as well. What better year? The Bucs? You know that you're going to play a who it's a toss up on what Kawhi status is, 
the Suns are a really good team, but and they won without the ball. Yeah, the Bucks. You ha- don't even have to face LeBron once. Yeah. So and I don't know. I I agree. I agree. I mean, if they lose to the Hawks, that's nothing against the Hawks. The Hawks are a really good team, but Milwaukee but should win. They've overachieved. They they, they, they are uh, further in the process for them than they should than we would expect. They're still they, a young they, team. They made the playoffs because they finished this regular season like twenty seven and eleven. They got super hot. They started off horrible this season. So, yeah. Yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo has to be the best player left in these playoffs. He's a two-time MVP and a defensive player of the year. What of the last four teams that we have have a player of that caliber? He needs to step it up huge. Stop shooting threes. Stop shooting threes. Just drive and drive and kick. He he shot a lot less threes. Check the numbers, Henry. But but I I was so thrilled that he stepped – Away from the three, because because when, when he when he does, series, yeah, all when he, he steps away three. from the three, he can always draw two people to him and kick it out to shooters. Yeah, so they and they have shooting. It's can can Milwaukee get enough shooting? And they do now. Giannis, so stop, Giannis. It's not your threes to take. No, he he he, fall, he he takes the bait. They leave him on his own island on the top of the key, and he's thinking. Well, I can't get more open than this. Might as well shoot it. Don't. <laughs> yeah, don't. yeah. Fight Giannis, the urge. Giannis, there's to. a reason why they're leaving you open out there. I know. And same with Joel Embiid. It's like stop with the threes. Like he he can hit an open three, but the one that he forced at the end of the last night's game. I mean, it's just yeah. To me, get in the paint. Take advantage of your size and skill. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad Giannis has, has shifted that, and and he he helped carry them. So let let's transition because I, I want to talk more about this uh, with unpack this. So this is our segment. We talk sports, faith, and life. Good. I'm convinced from uh, Henry and and Luke, and and so send in your I'm convinced. You can email Bryce at unpackingit.com. But game sevens in sports are as good as it gets, and and so as we as we think about the the way that a series builds. Game one, it's a feel-out game, and you wonder, okay, how good are are both of these teams? How are they going to match up? And then after every game and after each team wins, and then once one team wins on the other team's floor, the intensity builds, the pressure builds. More and more fans start tuning in because you, you know early in the series, you're like, all right, it's game two. It's not as important. But once the series is on the line in game five and game six, and all now all of a sudden it's extended to a game seven, the intensity is there. The spotlight is there. And, and so then the question becomes, what players will rise to the occasion? What players will embrace the moment, the spotlight, and, and all that comes from playing in a Game 7? And, and there was this, this comment made during an ESPN broadcast by Mark Jones that, that I, I rewound it, and, and I just thought, wow, this, there's something here from a spiritual standpoint. And so... Uh, Mark Jones says, something about game sevens reveals your responsibilities and how you handle those responsibilities, the weight of those responsibilities. And in the end, you can answer the question, did those answers work for you or not? Did those responsibilities devastate you or elevate you? And, and so you think about, you know, Giannis rose to the occasion. I think multiple guys on the Bucks rose to the occasion. Luke Heaton slash Kevin Herter rose to the occasion and, and was elevated in, in the moment uh, for, for Atlanta in that game seven. 
And unfortunately for Ben Simmons, you know, everybody's going to be piling on him today because he could not handle the moment of the fourth quarters throughout this series. He wouldn't even, he wasn't even willing to take the shot. I mean, that, that play last night where he gave up an easy layup or dunk to pass the ball to, to a, a, a teammate that was not even thinking he was going to get the ball and, and go up for it, that, that, that summarized that Ben Simmons was not ready for game seven, is not ready to, to, to hit the big shots, to score uh, in those moments. And so it, was a, it, was, it revealed that he, he couldn't carry the responsibility of being one of the highest paid players in the league one of the, the young you know, all-stars, wannabe superstars in the league, he shrunk in that moment. And so the parallel for, for us, especially as followers of Jesus today, is how do we handle our own game sevens and, and the responsibilities that we have as followers of Jesus. And the key, the key thing here is we must rely fully on, on God's Holy Spirit in us that we don't carry the weight of having to be perfect. We don't need to carry the weight of, of earning our salvation. We rest in the finished work of Jesus. But as we live this life, we do have responsibilities to represent Jesus in the way that we live our life. We are ambassadors. We are, we are called to stand out. We are called to, when the spotlight is on us, to rise to the occasion and, 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 and be uh, what we're called to, to be. And, and again, we have to rely on, on God's spirit to allow us to, to do that and empower us to do that. But, but how, do we, how do we respond to our game sevens? And what does it reveal about our faith, about our character, when we face pressure, when we face intensity, when, when we face the difficult, the challenging situations? And, and so I, I think part of it is, is we think about these, these responsibilities that in those moments, we got to hit the big shots, right? We, we got to make the, the right pass, grab the, grab the rebound, so to speak. In those moments, do, do, those, do those responsibilities elevate us or do they devastate us? And, and we, we crumble and we fall uh, in those moments or do we truly rely on the Lord to elevate us, to, to bring us up in those moments. And so we really let go and say, all right, God, I need you to, to elevate me in these moments, to, to pick me up in these moments. And, and so, you know, what, what are those responsibilities when, when the, the pressure is there, when the spotlight is on us? Well, it's, it's continuing to live the way uh, of integrity, continuing to live the way of holiness. Uh, and, and really, it's our privileged uh, duty to love and obey. That's the opportunity that we, we have in those moments. When people are, are looking at us, when more people are noticing, okay, how are we going to handle this, this tragedy, this difficulty? How are we going to handle the stress? Uh, and, and are we going to crumble in those moments? You know, I'm in a stressful season right now, and, and there are days where I feel like I'm crumbling, where I'm, I'm, not, I'm not living up to it. Um, a baby due on the way, a young baby, just had a conference. I'm traveling tonight. I'm feeling the weight. And so in, the, in this moment, you know, right now that I'm facing, it's a game seven moment. Am, am I going to respond and rely on the Lord and continue to be faithful and continue to obey and continue to seek him for strength? Or am I going to be devastated by the moment? And am I going to crumble? And so that's, that's what I'm feeling today. So what is that for you as you're listening? Um, and so 
you know, as, as far as our our responsibility as, as as followers of Jesus and and those that that rely on the Lord, uh, in Micah six eight it says, "He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you except to be just and to love." and to diligently practice kindness, compassion, and to walk humbly with your God, setting aside any overblown sense of importance or self-righteousness. So it's in these game sevens, in these key moments, that that we continue to do what we need to do. The responsibility that that is placed on us, we, we take it on and say, all right, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I know what I'm responsible for. I know that I need to walk humbly. I know that I can't do this in my own strength. I need I need to walk in compassion and kindness, but I need you to help me. And and so will we do that? Will we shine in those in those key moments? Um, and so that's the challenge for me today. That's the challenge for for you as well. How will we uh, not only play well in the regular season when life is good and easy, but will we take advantage of the opportunity when life gets tough? People are watching. Will we allow God to elevate us and pick us up uh, to? Uh, to, to really shine. So there you go, Luke, jump on in. Yeah, you make a, a great point. It, it's twofold. So the idea of letting God, like just trusting in God to get you through things in pressure moments, it's not, it's not trusting God in a lazy way. Mm. So we're not just like, there is, a, there is a responsibility in preparation. And we yeah. talk about this all the time. We don't just show up to pressure moments and say, "All right, God, take it away." With and we haven't done and we haven't spent any time in God's Word. We haven't spent any time fellowshipping with God in prayer. We haven't spent any time serving. And then expect, yeah, I'll be totally fine. Yeah, God, go ahead and take it away. Like God is faithful, and in, in situations, God gives us the grace to get through things, but. There's responsibility and a, and a joy and a freedom in fellowshipping with God that prepares us for pressure moments, for moments of temptation. Like we, none of us will walk, we can't just walk into an environment of temptation or a high pressure environment and say, I haven't been fellowshipping with God at all. I haven't been faithful. I haven't been really following Christ. But God's going to get, get, God will get me through this and then I'll go back to my own ways. That's just that. This idea of cheap grace is mm. in is in the the. It's all over American culture. Of I'll go to God when I need Him, and then He'll bless me, and then I'll go back to my own ways. Mm. Man, that's you're missing out on the fellowship of God. And then we really find true success, man, when we've been studying God's Word, where God has revealed Himself through His Word. That's how we know about Him, until we fellowship with Him, fellowshipping with Him in prayer. And then when we get to these moments, we know, God, You've been faithful. You've been preparing me. I rely on Your grace, but also I'm thankful that part of Your grace, part of His grace is Him preparing us mm. by us being in the Word. It's not just when we get to the moment, then God's grace kicks in. God's grace can kick in well before high-pressure moments, as we fellowship with him, as he prepares us. Um, so again, yeah, we totally speak against this idea of cheap grace while also acknowledging that God's grace is totally real to be present with us in high pressure situations, but that doesn't take away our responsibility of, of spending time with him and preparing for those moments. Yeah. 
That's right. So yeah. So what what will it reveal about our our character and and what will be revealed about our faith when the the intensity and the pressure is is great and and so it's a it's an eye opening experience when those when those moments happen and I think yeah yeah well no I, just, I mean I think about you know Ben Simmons from a basketball standpoint he's having to evaluate and look in the mirror and say man I I I can't I, I got something going on here. There, there's a there's a there's a disconnect between me being a great player regular season even the first three quarters and then in the fourth what happens when the pressure is great what is happening and and yeah. so for us if if we're oh yeah I'm all in I'm following Jesus all right well now we got a curveball now something's happening now the pressure's tough all right where where, where are you turning what are you gonna do how, how are you gonna handle this are you really gonna trust the Lord in these moments or are you gonna are you gonna be deflated and uh, and not not rise. It's totally true. Playoff basketball reveals your weaknesses. Yeah, like for the past few seasons, Milwaukee, true weakness because they're going to take away Giannis's middle drive. What else do they have to go to? Same thing for us. Culture is is developing in a way where it's it, you get hated for being a Christian. It's it's becoming harder to become a Christian in that it is not popular. Mm. Col- the Where culture is headed is Christians are hateful and Christians are, are bigots and Christians are judgmental. And we're seeing the way we define what love is and what loving and how to love someone, how to serve someone. That's not what culture sees loving and serving people. Mm. So cultures, the pressure of culture right now is revealing, okay, Who's really faithful? Are you in an environment where it's easy to say the right things? It's easy to go with the flow. There's really no consequences of being a Christian. Because now things are changing where it's going to reveal, okay, where is your heart really at? Mm. Just like playoff basketball really reveals, okay, where is your game really at? Because regular yeah. season, teams aren't preparing defensively like they do in the playoffs. That's playoffs, right. we're taking away your number one threat. So what else are you going to go to? Same thing in life. It, we're, we're, it's really revealing the true nature of our faith, just like playoff basketball reveals really where your game is at. Mm. It's good. It's good stuff. So you can unpack that today. I uh, would love to know your thoughts. Uh, you can leave any comments. Uh, if you're listening live or send me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. And so we do uh, unpack this each week on this show. And then we also send out a devotional through email. Uh, and so if you haven't subscribed to that yet, check out unpackingit.com and subscribe to the Unpack This devotional. We also have Unpack This devotionals available on the Bible app. So if you have the Bible app on your phone, uh, we've got a bunch of reading plans <clears throat> based on specific topics, uh, specific sports. And, and so you can you can subscribe to those as well and uh, do the reading plans, uh, which is which is a great opportunity. Uh, not only our, I mean, read ours, unpack this, but also once you're on the Bible app, some other great reading plans as well uh, to, to enjoy and grow and uh, be encouraged. So, all right, we got a lot more to get to here on the show. Uh, before we talk golf, uh, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. So the U.S. Open was yesterday, Father's Day weekend. When that, when that happens together, it's always so much fun. And so uh, each year, I, I feel like I always watch the U.S. Open, hang with my dad. This year, 
I actually went out. We did that and went out to the driving range. So, Luke, you play golf all the time. I haven't played golf in a number of years. I've done top golf maybe at one point, but with the Rona, I never got out and played golf. Um, and so yesterday, hit the driving range. My back is sore today, but uh, but it was fun. I, I, I hit probably two good balls the whole day, and it you go all right. Oh, so that's how that's how this works. And uh, <laughs> so that was uh, so that was fun. But then to, to come back and watch John Rahm win it, uh, I definitely wanted him instead of Roostazen. Um, and then to watch you know Bryson crumble yet again. I mean, back to the the kind of what we were just talking about. Uh, but John Rom, I mean, this story, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's is wild. such a great story. And how funny, I don't know if you thought this was funny, but watching Phil Mickelson sit on a folding chair, watching John Rom like working out or uh, at the driving range himself, yeah. that was the funniest thing to me. Like him just hanging out with John Rom's wife. Like, what are they talking about? And, and John's over there thinking, maybe I, I, I've got to be ready for this. Uh, if Wustazen's able to tie it up, um, so anyway, what what was your big takeaway from from Rom winning and and the overall U.S. Open? Well, I feel like I feel like it was going to happen eventually. Rom is he's good. the number two player in the world for the past five years. He's been clearly the one of one of the best players in the world, and I I was hoping he was going to win. He, he's one of those players where it's like, okay, John Rom needs a major. He is so good, and Tory Pines, did you see, see that the Tory Tory Pines is a just magical place for him. He had his first PGA Tour win at Tory Pines, the Farmers Insurance Open in 2017. He proposed to his wife at on the cliffs of Tory Pines, yep. Yep. and then just coming back from the Rona and just a wild experience at the Memorial to win his first major at Tory Pines. What an unbelievable place! Like to I'm be thinking, are the golf course that way is just? I really- know. I'm thinking in my life. Are there any places like that where every time I go, amazing things always happen? It's just wild. And then the tournament itself was some of the most relatable golf I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> it looked like a bunch of guys out at the local municipal course. They're hitting it into the rough. Their next shot into the rough, into the bunker, making doubles, missing putts, chipping shots over the green. I'm like, this is incredible relatable golf come on let's see these guys make mistakes like a hard golf course but i finally got off the couch it, I finally it, got the club. it was complete chaos it was almost like do you want the u.s open no no please you have it no no actually i want you to win it no no you go ahead like yeah. can someone take it and then for rom to miss putts all day and then to make unbelievable oh. birdie putts on 17 and 18 to go out like that <sighs> unbelievable and then poor louis seven i think seven or eight second place finishes in majors he's never won in the u.s he has he won the open and it's just wild so many incredible storylines the bryson and brooks thing bryson just totally imploding it's just wild so many great things great u.s open intern andrew told me that uh bryson has never beaten brooks during a major where there has been a crowd wow Brooks always beats Bryson if there's a crowd and it's a major. So uh so he's got he's got one up one up on him on in that regard. Um so yeah, so that rival continues. And yeah, I mean I I, I thought the the leaderboard continued to be intriguing throughout the weekend, which was nice. And I was telling my dad yesterday, 
just the the depth of golf like we, oh yeah you know, we talk about it but it's just it, the, the consistency of the depth where you know jordan spieth I, I, they really, didn't show one shot on tv all week yeah so and that's for but, spieth but you don't you don't need it i, I don't i mean yeah i like when spieth's in the mix i like when rory's in the mix to me those are still the two two guys i guess justin johnson and Brooks, I mean, yeah, you just go on and on and on. I mean, the number of guys, the the, the foreign guys, the the American guys. I mean, all the, the whole mix. There there is so much there. Um, and then you know, poor Phil, he still can't get that U.S. Open. We hoped, ah, you know, do it again. Uh, following the PGA, but uh, but yeah, I I I think that golf is in a in a great place right now. Yeah, and, and I think John Rahm is a worthy winner, and he's he's good for golf. Very. Um, I love the energy. I love oh, yeah. the energy. He brought back the tiger fist bump. I mean, everybody's got like a an element of the of the bump or uh, the fist bump, fist pump, fist fist, fist pump, fist pump. I think it's fist a pump. Yeah, fist bump is uh. One yeah, of the me and Maddie, me and Maddie, got the, yeah. we got that going down. My daughter. Um, but yeah, the the so in order to do the full up and under, I thought Rob really committed to it because if you watch some of the other golfers, you know what they do. They, they, they know that they're doing it because it's the, it's the natural reaction because we yeah. all watch Tiger do it so many times. And so if we do anything great, you know, if I, if I actually, uh, you know, clean the dishes, it's a full on Tiger fist pump, <laughs> right? I haven't, I haven't done one of those in a while, so I'm, I'm due, but, but you know, she's like, you, you gotta go for it. But, but, it, but the other golfers are hesitant to do it because they know that they're, they're just copying Tiger well, and they try to yeah. come up with their own little thing. But you just can't do it. That's why Phil is committed to the thumbs up. But, but Rob <laughs> just goes, you know what? Forget about it. I'm all in on the Tiger fist bump. Let's go. It was well, a it, full, it's, full on. The dynamics of the fist bump. So if you, it, it's it's actually hard to do. So I grew up doing it. Anytime I like did anything with buddies, but it is actually to do the full scoop and all the way up. It's kind of awkward. It's it's not a natural motion to just to go the full scoop. So a lot of guys settle with the kind of right here. Yeah. Kind of the fist yeah. forward. But the full scoop, yeah. It it's not easy to accomplish without looking like a total weirdo. So it, there is some risk to it. But Roms was pretty good, right? No, pretty good. Pretty good. I and he's a, and he's a fi- he's a fiery guy. So his yeah. you have to bring some serious energy. You can't just kind of lax days ago, kind of Calm face, full. You got to bring whole body energy for it. So full commitment. Yeah, definitely full commitment. It is a full commitment. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of they they stop midway. Yeah, there's the, the fist bump midway, or some guy. You know, you try to go up with it, and that doesn't work. And you got <laughs> go down with it, and that that doesn't work. And yeah, and you switch. You do a double double. You're punching the air. No, it's it's the full tiger tiger swoop. Keep it alive. Keep it going. You either do that or you do the fill thumbs up. Those are yeah. your options. Yeah, the thumbs up, very low risk, low reward. Can't really me- can't mess up a thumbs up. Um, but if you want to, if you want to really make an impact, go for the full scoop fist pump. But you got to commit to it, like you said. Yep, absolutely. All right, so let's run through a couple NBA topics and then we'll we'll jump into uh, tap drill. So the the Nets they lose. And and so I was rooting against them. I am not a a fan of Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or James Harden. No D. Um, so those are those three guys <laughs> I I do not root for. And I was glad that they were all on one team so I could root against them. Um, and, and so uh, have you not heard that? 
Yeah, I well, heard no, that. I have, but it was just so casually thrown in there. I'm like, caught me off guard. I was like, James just Harden. brutally mispronounced Harden's last name. <laughs> James Harden. I used to say it about your boy, Irk Davitsky. Irk. Uh, sorry about that. Hey, but he made up for it with loyalty and getting one ring. So That's right. He did. He did. Um, so, but, but I think, you know, the, the big takeaway from this performance by Kevin Durant is it is absolutely remarkable what he's done to come back from an Achilles injury oh, and yeah. to, to really play better than he probably ever has. I mean, he was literally unstoppable. It didn't matter who was going to guard him. I don't know why Giannis didn't try more often to, to guard him. That was a little disappointing. Uh, but my boy, PJ Tucker, it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter who you were going to put on Durant. He was going to score at will at will and 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 he did but my point last week on the show was I said that I was convinced that Kevin Durant can't carry a team to the NBA finals and I'm going to stand by that as great as he is I still don't think he has the personality the leadership the intangibles to get his team over the hump and I know the easy answer is oh well if they would have had Kyrie Irving they would have won Ask the Cavs that when they were in the lottery every year with Kyrie Irving leading the way. So, so I, so I don't buy that as the simple answer. I, I, I just, until Kevin Durant does it to me, it's a question what he did in golden state. All he did was add to a great team. So, so don't, that was Steph Curry's championship teams. And he was willing cause he's humble enough to share the spotlight with Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant was awesome. He definitely contributed to those, those uh, championships. But, but as great as Durant is, as an individual talent, there's a difference between carrying your team all, all the way. And, and he was close. Trust me. He hit the big, the big shot. Oh. It, wasn't, it wasn't enough. And so you're talking about a couple inches and the whole you know, storyline and the narrative changes. Wild. But I'm sticking, I'm sticking by my narrative uh, with, with Kevin Durant. I, I love your point about the Achilles. Let's just – can we just re- remember that an Achilles injury is probably one of the most career impacting injuries in all of sports. Yeah. Players don't come back full strength from an Achilles injury. It just does not happen. Kevin Durant looks like he never injured his Achilles. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I, I cannot, it cannot wrap through my mind that, oh yeah, he missed a whole season with a torn Achilles. That just does not happen. I was just reading through stats careers are completely affected for most players after an Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those where, and you hear every announcer when someone kind of they're limping, they look back. It's like, Oh no, is that Achilles? Oh, and it's just, it's just a sigh. Like, you know, that's a 12 month, 12 month <laughs> rehab. Yeah. And we're just not sure if they'll ever be the same. So clay Thompson hasn't come back yet. And that's mm-hmm. been ACL and Achilles, which is just oh. brutal. Man. DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, Dude, yesterday, I'm watching the Clippers game. I go, DeMarcus Cousins is on the Clippers? I totally yeah. missed it. I, told, I, I I was shocked to see him out on the court. Oh, no, DeMarcus I know. Cousins, that poor guy, I mean, you're right. I mean, he has not come back. Let he me, was one of the, yeah. the elite young potential guys coming into the league. 100%. Oh, so, my So God. let me ask you this. Which player out of these two I'm about to name is the most surprising if before they became journeymen, if I would have told you, yeah, this player is about to be a career journeyman, would you have been more, more surprised? DeMarcus Cousins or Dwight Howard? To oh, think of, for me, it's Dwight Howard. To think that he has become such a journeyman 
to I would have never thought that when he was in Orlando. I thought he'd be a 14, 15 year guy, premier player. I didn't think he was going to be going from team to team. Yeah, can you just rim run and rebound? That's all we really need you for. He was one of the best players in the league. So as a, as a Bobcats fan, it was devastating because we got a Mecca Okafor and the Magic got the White Howard. Mm. So that was that was back in 04, I guess. So, you know, Mecca Okafor has been out of the league for a number of years. He did make a little comeback, but but Howard still ha- he has had a Hall of Fame career, but you're right. Uh he's bounced around, he's never fit in many locker rooms. Uh he hasn't gotten along with coaches and you know, it's interesting when these guys come into the league as 18-year-olds. They have to grow and become, you know, who they are in in the spotlight, right? And oh, to me, yeah. who Howard was coming into the league to who he is now, just as a personality and when you watch him, is very interesting too. He, he Just the the scope or lack of growth or different, just the way that he is. He was one of the more, he was one of the biggest showman, well-liked guys. Yeah. He was almost like the next Shaq, personality-wise. Dancing, NBA dunk contests, Superman. Yeah. Now he's always complaining with the refs. and oh, That man, is a good point, tough. and he's changed his look as well. Yeah. Um, but no, that's a good point. I think of what I was like at 18. The growth I've had from 18 to 23, I was Especially a different... The summer was, you had it, unpacking it. 100%. One of the biggest <laughs> summers of my life. Actually, great summer, though. That's but right. I was a different person at 18. End of high school versus now? Completely different. To think of them at 18 having to grow, like you said, in the spotlight? Oh, my gosh. I mean, these, are, these aren't even men yet. They're boys. And and that leads to one more point that I wanted to make today with Ben Simmons is, you know, for, for, with our parallel that we were talking about, you know, rising to the occasion in, in a game seven, you know, I think that's that's very true. But I think we also have to take a step back and recognize that Ben Simmons is only 24 years old. That's crazy. And, and to write him off that he'll never have it or never, you know, I, I think that's a dangerous leap to make. Uh, I think, it, you know, in, in today's NBA world, we expect these guys to come in and be superstars right away. And and then we write off a guy like Julius Randle. And, you know, maybe he wasn't the right fit in L.A. And they were going through all those changes and they ship him out of town. He goes to the Knicks. He's the perfect fit. He's an all-NBA player. And then Devin Booker. Devin Booker, it took him a few years to really, you know, emerge as a potential superstar. He's right on the cusp. You know, already game one, leading his team to victory. And, and even what he did last year. Um, and so you, you see the development, but he's still in his early to mid twenties. Yeah. Um, and it's wild, you know, we just, we write these guys off and like a guy that I think is lost out in, in Minnesota, Carl Anthony towns. I don't think, I don't think we give up on him just yet. He could still have a great second half to his career. I'm not sure if it's going to be in Minnesota. I hate that. It's just kind of a dark hole there. Um, and then, you know, for us to write off even Trey young, and now we're seeing what, what he can do. Um, so uh, yeah, we got to give these guys yeah. a little bit of a little bit of patience. Hundred uh, percent. Julius Randle, twenty six years old. It feels like he's had an entire fifteen year career. It's not like the dude's thirty five. He's no, twenty six. Carl Anthony Towns is twenty five. Don't write him off. Don't write him off. Some dudes come into the league if they play all four years in college. They come to the league at twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, that's it. And he's twenty five. These dudes are coming in at age nineteen. Man, they have. Not only emotional and mental growth, their bodies are still developing. That's right. Yep. Now, it may be the case that Ben Simmons needs a new location. 
that that Philadelphia, kind of like Carson Wentz. I'm I'm all in on Carson Wentz in Indy. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to work out. And and maybe Ben Simmons is just not going to work out in Philadelphia. He's not he's not what they need him to be, and he just can't live up to it. That the pressure's too great, the expectations are too great, and at 24, I think another team has to be willing to give him a shot. Um, and it maybe help him figure out how to shoot and get a shot, right? Yeah, <laughs> give him a shot and actually give him a shot because the other <laughs> the other talent is there. And my whole thing too, guys that are are great defenders oftentimes are undervalued and underrated because oh, we yeah. think back to Ben Wallace and there was a lot of question marks. I think we talked about it on the show that that oh he he's, he doesn't deserve to be a Hall of Famer. Well, he was one of the best defenders in the league for a number of years, helped the Pistons win an, uh, an NBA championship. He was very valuable. No, he wasn't a scorer, but that wasn't his role. Yeah. Now, with Ben Simmons, as a guard, you still have to be able to shoot. It doesn't mean that he needs to be a 30-point scorer, but John Stockton, Steve Nash, like those guys weren't scoring point guards. They were great passers. But if you needed John Stockton to hit a, a, an open jumper at the at the elbow, he was going to knock it down. And, and he was going to knock it yeah, down at a high percentage. Even Rondo can hit jumpers. That's a great point. Rondo can. You don't want to rely on him. You don't want him shooting the three. Stay away from the three, Rondo. But if you but if you need a, a key bucket and he can get to the paint, yeah. he'll take it. He'll he's, take the shot. He's not afraid to take it. He's good enough where you can't leave him on an island. That's so, right. And it opens up the floor. So I agree. By no means can we write off Ben Simmons. Can we say, hey, you probably need to change this or add this to your game? 100%. Do you no maybe question. need a new situation? Definitely. But the dude is still an all-NBA defender in a 6'10 guard that can handle the rock and pass like crazy. If you don't think he is can be an unbelievably important piece to a championship team, you're crazy. He is an incredibly unique game. Just yeah, let's get an, an average, maybe slightly below average jump shot because it's it's just not even, he doesn't even shoot the ball. And, and look, he's lost, I lost confidence during moments in high school. It's debilitating. You can, you, you cannot play when you lose confidence. And he talked and like it, he just looks like, I'm scared to get fouled because I'll have to shoot free throws and I'll miss yep. them. I, I'm just, he's such a, I cannot shoot the ball mentality. And it, it, it's obvious. And I've experienced that. It completely shuts your game down. You, you were able to regain your confidence last night, right? For a huge, yeah. I was able to come back for a huge game seven win. So I, I'm pre, I appreciate Coach McMillan really coaching me up and getting uh, me ready. I mean, Kevin Herter, unbelievable. Awesome. So awesome. He was great. Creating shots, hitting Big time. I mean, mean, we haven't seen a guy like, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. It's funny. I've been looking through my old uh, basketball cards and there were some goofy guys back in the early nineties and and just guys, you, you look at and go, wait, what's this guy's an NBA player. And to me, Kevin Herter's that guy. Like this guy's an NBA player, but he is, he was an assassin last night. An assassin. He's the real deal. It's like we joked, we joked about Brian Scalabrini. He was the pride of redheads in the NBA, but Kevin Herter is a legit very like good player scalabrini yeah. was a bench guy locker room guy yeah the mark madsons of the world but the bryce johnsons of the world <laughs> hey but not uh not in this in the in the swimming pool you That's were right. uh you were a dennis rodman in the swimming pool <laughs> splashing the people in the lanes next to you maybe jab them under the water 
Whatever it took. Whatever it took. In the water polo. In the water polo. Yeah. Wow. Did you play water polo? Oh, yeah. That's the hardest sport there oh, is. Oh, 100%. Because you're treading water the whole time, right? It is. The physicality that water polo requires is unreal. That's a Summer Olympic. Yeah, a Summer Olympic game. Watch water polo. Those guys are studs. Like, they're, they are elite swimmers, and they're athletic. They can throw oh, yeah. and catch. And, and it's like, physical. The, the, yeah, the, what goes on under the water is just nuts. So, so let, me, let, let me highlight a sport real quick. So yesterday, I played pickleball. So little What five, are you, 75? Here's the thing. I got smoked by a 70-year-old. Absolutely <laughs> smoked. That's so gross. here's the thing. I was talking to my buddy Dalton. He is a big tennis guy. And I told him, I was like, dude. I played pickleball and I got absolutely annihilated by an older gentleman. Great That's guy, true. cooked me. I was he was running me all over the court. And he was like, "Dude, racket sports or paddle sports, it's uh, older guys can play because they just place the ball. Uh, you can't out athlete people. I've tried to out athlete people in tennis. I get destroyed. Pickleball, he's faking left, hitting right. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm I'm he's almost breaking my ankles with shots. He beat me eleven. I was up. It was three three tied." And they ended up beating me eleven to six. Ooh. He wasn't even breathing hard. I was gassed. It was I was very humbling experience. Very fun game though. So step your game up. So yesterday, my my dad shows up to to hang out for Father's Day. He's wearing his pickleball shirt. Oh, it, it says his where he lives. His neighborhood pickleball team. <laughs> hey, he's, he's got a team shirt. No, no, it is pickleball shirt. He is. It is serious, serious business with these pickleball players. It is unbelievable. Like you, so like we took like a class. We took it was like it was a learn the rules, learn how to play. I'm thinking I've played once. I kind of know how it is. And they're like, Luke, yeah, go ahead and play him one on one. I'm like, yeah, fine, I'll I'll probably fine. No chance. His serves were unbelievable. Thousand miles an hour spin. It was crazy. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, that's great. That is rich. All right, there you go. All right, let's bring on Henry. We'll wrap up the show with Tap Drill. Thanks, everybody, uh, hanging out, listening to us live today. And those of you that listen to the podcast, uh, greatly appreciate your support. Uh, We'd love to wrap things up with a little bit of fun as we bring on Henry in Connecticut. Henry, what's up, man? What's going on, boys? Once again, it's time for Tap Drill, the segment that comes through, that always comes through in the clutch. We're going to start off with a little football. Now, here's the latest drama with uh, Green Bay's Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we just found out that Aaron Rodgers just renewed his membership to the Green Bay Country Club for the rest of the season. Doing too much, or is this actually news? You know what's funny is those types of stories end up like playing out. Like when when you hear the 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 news that that a player has signed his kids up for a private school or something and they're enrolled for school or the the wife has has been involved with something in the community in a certain city. Like those players end up moving to those cities before we even kind of knew that that was official. So I'm I'm willing to 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 see this as an indicator that that Aaron Rodgers is planning to stick around in Green Bay if he's got that country club membership. Unless the uh, you know the grilled chicken sandwiches are just so good that he's going to be back for that. I, I don't know. But <laughs> why don't we why don't we embrace a conspiracy? Let's stencil it on the billboards, on the walls, on all the streets. 
he's going to be the Jeopardy host, but he loves playing golf at this country club. So it's just a little vacation. Man, I'm a little vacation tired from Green Bay. I'm a little tired. Hey, maybe he's... he loves the. Hey, here's the thing: if you're a golfer, maybe he is just embedded in the minds of all the golfers there, and he's winning big bucks on a little golf course gambling. So maybe a little tough week at Jeopardy, really stressful. Let me get away. Let me head to Green Bay. Let me head to the country club. Let me win a few thousand dollars from these guys. So let's just uh, let's just embrace that as a possibility. Days of our lives, Green Bay style. Who'd have thunk it? All That's right. Nice. Thing in the NFL. Uh, remember the commercial where uh, the Madden 22 game was about to come out and they had two goats and you had the picture, you had the two goats coming out of the barn. Well, the two goats that they're talking about are, of course, uh, Green uh, Tampa Bay quarterback Tom Brady and Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes. You guys good with the with the Madden 22 cover? So have we figured out, has the Madden curse continued the last few years so i i thought i, still, I thought mahomes broke it or tom so, brady broke it was broken within the last few years i think okay so that's that's the key because it, it's risky to put both of them them on there now is it just an, a you know a coincidence i don't know but it, it is always i always get nervous i try to avoid the guys in fantasy whoever's on the madden cover because it, it's just been too consistent over the years and sometimes it's just it's, it's just a product of a guy being so hyped up um wasn't Peyton Hillis? Was he on the cover of Madden? Peyton Hillis, yeah, poor guy, right? having an up and over. up and coming career. Let's stick him on the Madden cover, and he's like, "Dude, oh. you guys are ruining my career by putting me on this thing." He had one good season, and he ends up as a Madden cover. <laughs> I think that was the end of my Madden playing days as well. That was tough. I think I still have like Madden twenty. Gosh, what year was that? Twenty fifteen. I still play with it every every once in a while. It's like my old Panthers rosters. I still, I still, oh. I, uh, every once in a while, but I haven't played Madden. I mean, I used to play it on N64. So that's how, uh, that's how my, my video game playing days ended back with the 64. Oh, man. I had, uh, my first Madden was Madden 07 with Sean Alexander on the cover. Ooh. That was a fun one. He's been a guest on Unpacking It. I like Sean Alexander. I didn't like yeah. him when it was Seattle because the Panthers were always playing Seattle in the playoffs but was he a Heisman candidate do you remember because he played at Bama right yeah he, he was a great college player he, he had a great freshman year because now he's got an award for great freshman players okay uh yeah named after him the Sean Alexander award so hmm. all right what's we'll next see, Henry <clears throat> we'll see if the Madden curse makes a comeback or not let's go over back to the NBA and I don't know if you guys were paying attention to the Atlanta Hawks press conference but one John Collins was sitting at the microphone and he had a t-shirt with the picture of him dunking on Joel Embiid. You guys love it or is he just trolling? I love it. That's fantastic. That's that's such a great uh once you've won the series. Like to to go out like that. I I'm a fan of John Collins. I love the way he plays. I actually wouldn't mind the Charlotte Hornets going out and getting him. He's a restricted free agent. So uh offer him a big deal. I think he's a rising star, does the little things. And, you know, Joel Embiid is such a big personality. So so to do this to him, I'm okay with. Now, certain guys that, like, don't talk trash if you did it to them or whatever, that's one thing. But Joel Embiid, that, that's good. That, that creates a little rivalry. I, I, lo- I love it. I'm just not a guy to stir up things like that. I would never show up to a game because I would, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, if we lose – 
This is embarrassing. Wait, did he do it before the game or after the game? What was it, no, Henry? No, he did it. He he had the T-shirt on in the middle of the press conference after the game. Oh, after okay. The, okay. That's okay. good, Luke. It's after okay. the game. They've won. They won fair. the series. Hey, but fair. To your point, though, uh, I think I want the Mavs to go after him. So I'm going to cool, over, cool down over there in Charlotte. He's a rising power forward, rising star at the power forward position. So he can shoot the three, awesome player. John Collins looking like he's about to get paid off of these playoffs. Next tap, we're going to go toward your alley, guys. The Travelers Championship, who golfers called the fifth major, is coming to Connecticut. It's a really big deal for us, and it's a big deal because one, it's back in front of uh, back in front of fans. And secondly, nine of the top 10 golfers are going to be here. And yours truly is going to be covering it for iHeartRadio Connecticut. All so, right. boys, what should I be looking out for? Uh, wow. That's, that's exciting, man. So what, what's your role during the tournament? Well, I'm going, to be, uh, I'm going to be doing video for the Rob Dibble show out here in Hartford. And they're going to have the guys come on set. We have a couple of the guys come on set and stop by and chat for a little bit. The Rob Dibble Show favorite golfer, believe it or not, is Tony Finau. The guys love Tony Finau. Everybody loves Finau. So Rob Dibble, he's still on radio. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In Connecticut, he's huge. I used to watch him growing up. Okay, cool. All right, Rob Dibble. Legend. So unfortunate about the – so my wife works for Travelers, and last year she was going to be able to volunteer at the tournament. And the VIP tent, just kind of like walking around, making sure all the VIPs needed everything they yep. needed, anything. And then the tournament gets canceled. So unfortunate. But I have got a Travelers Peter Millar discounted golf shirt in the mail <laughs> on the way to the crib. So thankful for my wife, the connection at Travelers. Henry, I will say, just the sound of the ball coming off their clubs. It is like... Whew, unlike anything you'll ever hear from an amateur it's ridiculous and how hard they swing it's crazy i'm definitely going to send you guys some pictures and some some video of uh, of all of all my work down there all right and one one last one last tap and this is near and dear to my heart because it's a ode to father's day uh catch uh, logan michaels who's in the college world series who rarely hits a home run hit a home run on father's day in front of his father, who is a pancreatic cancer survivor. Wow. You gotta cool. love you gotta love Father's Day. I believe and I'm convinced Father's Day is the best day in sports. Oh, little little Mother's Day rivalry, huh? Man, oh. that's that's cool. But it, it's awesome too, like with the US Open, John Rahm winning as a dad. That was so cool. Yeah. That was that was neat. Um, really it probably cool. doesn't happen every year, but whether the you know the dad's there or a son is there, a daughter there, you know that's that's cool. So that's a that's a neat thing. So and me, then uh, I Trey Young giving his jersey to his dad was cool at the end. That was cool. Oh. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, guys. So my uh, in laws, Madeline's parents, the yesterday Father's Day and their anniversary. So let me ask you guys, how do you navigate the day? Is it more Father's Day, more anniversary, maybe postpone the anniversary, something? I don't know. So. That's a great That's a great question. So you probably realize this. I've probably mentioned it before, but Jody and our, our anniversary is the same day as Maddie's birthday. Ooh. So we have to navigate in a, in a big way. 
Um, so I would say for in that scenario, I'd go all in on Father's Day that day, and then the anniversary can be moved around a little bit because I think yeah. we'll do the same with Maddie. We'll we'll celebrate Maddie on her birthday, and then we'll move the anniversary uh, around as we can. So gotcha. our second daughters do right around the same day. So who knows if we if we hit a trifecta, that would be unbelievable. We may have to be on the Oprah show or something if that happens. <laughs> So that's my dream. I just want to be on the Oprah show one day. Well, the anniversary for us is easier. It's easier for the anniversary for us because our anniversary is the week before Father's Day. But we have to navigate around it slightly because my son's birthday is actually this year was actually the day before Father's Day. His birthday was Saturday and then Father's Day was Sunday. As a matter of fact, uh, we had a Father's Day service at the tr- at our church where my son did a great job as an MC. So shout All out right. to shout out to Amani Lucas for emceeing Restoration Springs Father's Day Father's Day uh, service. Very strong, very That's- strong. So Bryce, what's this uh, what's this obsession with the Oprah show that I'm just now finding <laughs> out about? You haven't really He's- mentioned Oprah, but we the can of worms is officially opened here. She's a legend. Legend. She's one of the, she's one of the best interviewers of all time. Oh, and yeah. it was someone who, uh, you know, has 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 studied the art of of interviewing. Uh, you can't you can't overlook her her skills and ability to get people to open up. And and so she always I mean, when I was growing up, my mom always had Oprah on four o'clock mm. every day. That was it was on in the house. Whatever else was going on. The Johnson brothers you know, gathering around the TV. Mom, maybe just before dinner, can we watch Oprah? <laughs> no, I wouldn't, go that far. I wouldn't go that far, but it was on. So every once in a while, you'd catch you'd, you'd catch it. You'd walk by, and you know, on my way to go play basketball in the driveway or something. And, uh, okay, you know, tears were being shed on the Oprah show, and you're just wondering, wait, what's going on here? What, yeah. what cool story is going on Your here? Brothers are outside. Bryce, we started playing an hour ago. Sorry, guys, I sat down. <laughs> Oprah's not over. <laughs> I'm not in the mood to play anymore. <laughs> I just want to end up on her. She doesn't have the, the official Oprah show anymore, but she's still uh, she's still doing something. So anyway, I don't know how we uh, we're, we're going to end on an Oprah note. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> the interns hey, like don't even know who is. The interns <laughs> don't even know who Jim Rome is, let alone who Oprah is. Oh, no. Hey, it's a new wave. It's a new era. I know. Can you believe the interns don't know who Jim Rome is? It's so Oh, upsetting. my God. Yeah. The, the legend of sports radio. The Godfather of sports radio, so Romy, Rackham. Well, well yeah, these kids don't Clones. know what they're Clones. <laughs> Great show. Great work out of you, Henry. Have a good one. Yes, incredible, sir. incredible day. I was, uh, I was doing my, uh, we're listening to the NBA playoffs. So I was trying to do a Marv Albert uh, impersonation for for Madeline, but I just couldn't get to yes! the level that you're at. <laughs> Yes, it's good. It's good. Rejected. <laughs> Rejected. Garbage time. For three, it's good. For three, for three. Um. So I've been reading this book for Maddie called Corduroy, and there's a part. Oh, Harrison knows Corduroy. Nice. It's a classic <laughs> children's book. Maddie wants me to read it every night. But there's a there's a moment in the book where little Corduroy, who's a stuffed animal bear, falls off the bed. And so every time I, I read it, I go, bang! <laughs> bang! <laughs> Shout out to Mike Breen. Bang! You ever get the double oh. bang? 
bang, bang. Well, then Maddie will throw in the bang too. So oh. it's, it's fun. Did so, you get the much. fish pump in when you did the bang? Did you the oh, yeah, bang? the full scoop. <laughs> full scoop. Full scoop, full circle. That's unpacking it here on a Monday. Thanks to Henry and Luke and our interns, Harrison and Andrew, our producer, Chris. And uh, shout out to Kyle, who did a great job for Man Up Charlotte over the weekend, our director of events here at Unpacking It. So uh, a lot of people work hard behind the scenes. Shout out to my mom and, and wife as well. Uh, they're a part of the Unpacking It staff. And shout out to my dad. Happy Father's Day. Uh, we had a fun day yesterday. Driving range, watching golf, eating barbecue. Uh, fun, fun day. So have a great week. We will talk to you next Monday. Uh, enjoy the, the conference finals in the NBA playoffs. I know I will. And uh, Luke, looking forward to seeing you in Dallas in uh, tomorrow night. We'll we'll uh, we'll recap our our big dinner uh, next Monday on the show. I got a big game in store. That's right. That's right. I- I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that He died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by His grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. This has been the Unpacking It Live podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.